Welcome to Open Mind UFO Radio. I am your host, and my name is Alejandro T. Rojas. Super genius. And I have with me my good buddy, Martin Willis, who joins us with UFO News, and he is also a super genius. Wow. So it's no... uh, So you can call me Martin Super Genius Willis? Yeah. Maybe? Or I did. Yeah. You did. Wow. That goes Thank on your you. business card. You remember? I'm, I'm referring to the young guys aren't going to remember. The old guys like us will. Bugs Bunny, because that used to be on television all the time. Now they the kids don't get to see Bugs Bunny, and it's terrible. It's where mm. most of my comedic stuff comes from. Maybe it's good, then they'll think it's original. But, uh, yeah, that was one of uh, Wild E. Coyote, super genius. Hmm, I like the sound <laughs> of that. Wild ah. E. Coyote. Super so, G- Now I'm doing the whole skit, but it's yeah. a good skit. Funny stuff. And he created that business card, Wild E. Coyote, super genius. Good stuff. Good stuff. Right. I grew up in that era, too. And, yeah, I, it was like Saturday morning mm-hmm. cartoons. And then I guess they were on, like, every day. You yeah, know, they were on like, every you know, day. And, boy, yeah. I was there watching that <laughs> Bugs Bunny. One funny dude. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, let us get into it. So, what we're here for, actually, people, is UFOs. So, just so you're aware of what our show is all about, uh, the we look at it from a journalistic perspective. So, we look at the news and the information out there. We share it with you, uh, hopefully in an unbiased manner. If we're speculating or sharing our opinions, we'll let you know that. But, uh, you know, we're kind of looking at a more skeptical kind of hard look at everything. And uh, if the interview starts at 25 minutes after, so if you want to skip over to the interview, you can. But you're going to miss a lot of the latest and greatest news. However, the interview is really good. Today we've got Lee Spiegel, formerly of the Huffington Post. Now he's got a new radio show called Edge of Reality on KGRA Radio. Uh, This this plays on that. Martin Show plays on KGRA and elsewhere as well. But uh, So we talked to Lee about his new uh, project there. The other project he's been working on is this documentary with uh, James Fox. Of course, we had him on last time talking about that. But uh, we talked a little bit about that because that is finally coming to fruition and mm-hmm. the uh, at the UFO Congress, James Fox, the, the main documentary producer, uh, filmmaker there, is going to be talking about this film. So finally, uh, you know, Lee's been the guy leaking out some information here and there. But finally, we're going to hear from uh, the man himself, James Fox, about his new exciting film at the International UFO Congress. I can't wait. It's I can't wait fun, to, huh? meet, to meet James. Yeah. 
Yeah. So and and people don't know this, but you have a very important job at the UFO Congress. I know you are very afraid to do it, and uh, but it's kind of you know it's like the director job who's doing the news. You've got to push all the buttons and uh, click all the clicky things, and uh, you know coordinate everything that's going on up there on the stage. I'm starting to get anxiety. No, don't do that. I'll try not to. You did to. a great job. You had fun. In fact, I couldn't get you off of it. I did. I did. You were yes, like, I, I want to sure keep I'll... doing it. And we're like, well, no, you know, your time's up. And you're like, no. <laughs> I just looked through a tutor- tutorial the other day and I go, did I really do this? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it'll come back. Yeah. I mean, we both use that, what is it, OMD or whatever for. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. It's way less complicated than that, I think. Probably. Yeah. Uh, getting back to Lee, uh, what a great show he is running. I'm, I'm glad you're talking to him today. I uh, hope a lot of people go check that out. Um, it's really, I've listened to all three of them that he's had so far, and they've been very, very well done, professional, and very enjoyable. Mm. I'm sure he's going to love to hear that. Well, it's true. He's been doing um, it for a long time, so it's, I know, it's a lot of fun. And- yeah. I think it was the late 70s. Yeah, he, something like that. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. He tells a story, and I'll tell this because we didn't get into it, and I should have asked him about it, which is kind of funny. When uh, he said he wanted to do a UFO radio show, they said, fine, but, and this is in New York City, the big city, the Big Apple, but if you're going to do this, you have to stand out on the street, I think they told him to do this weekly, in an alien costume... To promote the show, and this alien costume was created by Saturday Night Live, and I'm pretty sure he's got a a picture of it on his website. Oh, my God. He never told me that part. Yeah, he talks about it in his lecture. lecture. That's very humbling. Yeah. Um, I would have moved forward with that if I was him. Yeah, he did it. So, thank goodness, I guess. He got info out there. Wow. What you got to do sometimes, huh? I guess. Holy moly. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the UFO news. Uh, Martin and I cover, you know, the latest UFO news before we get into the show, the interview. And so go ahead and start us off. What bit of news that you find on the front page of openminds.tv or elsewhere that you would like to discuss? Well, um, I'd like to talk. uh, There's so much news out there about the Storm Area 51 event. And so Lincoln County plans an emergency declaration ahead of it, um, which I think, I mean, I don't blame them. And I'll get into that, you know, in the story. So um, this is basically uh, through uh, Las Vegas News Channel 3. And uh, Lincoln County officials are moving forward with a plans to sign an emergency declaration ahead of Storm Area 51 event scheduled for next month. The county's board of commissioners met Monday mornings to discuss a pre-signing for the declaration and and in anticipation of the September event, which is expected to draw as many as 30,000 people. Now, I've heard... Personally, I've heard people throw out all kinds of numbers, you know, maybe 50,000. Um, I don't know. It's uh, It might be one of those things where people will show up because it's just curiosity, wondering who else is going to show up and how big it's going to be. I think there'll be, uh, you know, I, I think it's possibly a lot larger. And the reason that they're having this emergency declaration or they want to declare that is because um, – 
of the area. There is, we've talked about this, you and I have before, there's no lodging there. Um, and the uh, the closest town is Rachel. And I believe there's, wasn't there like a, a hundred people there or something? Is it so small, such a small town? So um, there's such a lack of resources, including gas and lodging, and of course, food. And, uh, you know, there's an inn there, but it's completely booked, of course. <laughs> so I think people have to, and it's such a harsh environment. I mean, you know, I, I, the temperatures even that time of year can still get really hot. And, you know, there is just people really have to be very, very careful. And uh, I totally get the reason why they are uh, declaring this. It's turned into now, it's a three-day music and arts festival. Um, and it's called Alien Stock. Like well, Woodstock. there's more than one. There's one uh, called Peace Stock. And uh, the organizers got a hold of me uh, for that one. And that is uh, the guy who got a hold of me also does Coachella. So I think that's what that was all about. Peace Stock 51, I think they're calling it. Um, so, you know, I think it's a Costella people. Coachella people decided because Coachella is not that far. So they've got experience putting on events. But, you know, they want to do, yeah, this big same thing. You know, kind of a Woodstock Coachella thing. In fact, they have uh, a bunch of pictures if you go look. Oh, and they've put up some more bands. So they've got some more actual I was just going to ask you. Bands. if you, you know, I saw there's a few confirmed bands. But no, they said there's going to be some real headliners. But I'm not... I'm not seeing any information. Well, out I don't there. see at the at the Peace Stock Fifty One. They have you know it looks like a picture of Kendall Jenner or a girl that looks like her with a bunch of people and you know same Coachella. I'm sure it's a Coachella picture, uh, scantily clad people and stuff like that. And then uh, the artists they have are I don't know any of these names. So I know tribute that's artists and indie artists. I don't know. So anyway, yeah, the issue has been uh, some of these are at the uh, at the Little Alien, which is in Rachel, uh, Rachel, Nevada. The town has up on their town site. Don't come here. This is bad. These guys are not prepared. These oh, guys yeah. are bad. The Website. city doesn't yeah. want this. They're going to be mm-hmm. armed and protecting their their land. The citizens of the city, it even says. But it does say, go ahead and go to the Alien Research Center. So the Alien Research Center is having an event. Um, It may be. So I guess part of it is the safety, our safety concerns being met. Um, And there are are people reviewing that. And how far uh, away is the, has that center away from there? uh, It's very, it's pretty close. Oh, okay. Um, It's right there. Uh, It's the tall one. In fact, when, uh, when Travis and I went, uh, we're on the, Area 51 with the Kardashians. We had to, we went there with them also. So that was near, it's, you know, one of the stops. Let's see. It's it's near Crystal Springs. So it's kind of uh, that 375 highway. Rachel is about on the north side of that. And uh, at the end, at kind of the crossroads, that's where the Alien Research Center is. It looks like only, you know, five, I don't know, maybe like 10 miles away. Um, Alejandro, this just occurred to me. Do they? Does someone actually have permission to hold an event on a certain parcel well, of property? Yeah. Well, 
some of these people own the property. Little Alien has property they own. Uh, the Alien mm -hmm. Research Center has property they own. And yes, they have allowed people to work on this property. Um, I see. The Alien Research Center, by the way, I might be, um, I might be speaking there for this thing. But uh, <laughs> the person I'm working with is working on making sure that they have uh, you know, they're vetting them, making sure they're they're legit. They've got all the safety concerns figured out. And, uh, you know, we don't want to be a part of anything that's, that's like some of these others. It's kind of shaky. Uh, but anyway, um, the permit, I guess there were some sort of permits they had to get. And that's why this news that you're sharing is kind of weird. Because the latest I heard was that, uh, you know, this town was saying and the town said they do not have their permits. Um, but mm. it sounds like from what I heard, the permits were granted. Uh, but at the same time, the city is saying, you know, we are going to declare this emergency. Um, so, but one of the, an emergency that declaration will also give them more funds. And that could be the big thing that they need is just more money allowing to, you know, dip into another budget beside their own, um, and so that could be the, the background of this. It's probably to hire uh, some more security. Officers. And yeah. maybe even some of the things that you mentioned, like making sure there's water and, and safety and all of these things that are supposed to happen. Yeah. Wow. And that, it's not going to be too long that, you know, just it's just like a month from today. I know. It's, right up. it's not very mm. far away. Yeah, so we'll see pretty what wild it morphs into. It's already morphed already. We'll see what else changes yeah. by then. So, uh, and well, I don't know, like, you know, <laughs> where those of us who, are, if we're going to be speaking out there, I don't know where we'd be staying or anything. But I do have a friend who said he wants to rent a RV, so I could crash yeah. on the hit the floor of his RV or something. Yeah, that seems like the only thing that really makes any sense to bring there some type of RV yeah. or. Yeah, so I don't know. School we'll bus. see. I mean, there's not a lot of time for the organizers to kind of figure stuff out. And this alien stock one that you're mentioning has gotten more press than this peace stock 51 from the Coachella people. And so, uh, but they're all right there. So I think uh, everybody's going to be aware of everything going on because, you know, it's uh, all right there. So we'll see. Um, yeah, and then what else in there was some other news regarding this. Uh, you know, our good buddy MJ wrote a story about how the whole thing's going to be a mess. And, of course, he referenced mostly alien stock and some of this, what I mentioned about uh, the city. But uh, here's another funny story. The only band booked to play Storm Area 51 uh, has an interview yeah. here on why they might believe in UFOs. They're not oh, that's so true. sure, but maybe. <laughs> and that's a band I have actually never heard of myself, but shame on me. I probably should have. Oh, I know. What? You haven't heard of this band? What is the uh, name of the band? I I forget. I'm going to take a look at those. So you take a look uh, at the band and then let us know when you yeah. figure that out because I don't okay. know either, to be honest. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, there's a story on that. And, of course, you can find these all at on the front page of openminds.tv. 
And then uh, let's see a couple other things going on. Oh, I wrote this story, and this was something I think I've talked about before. I don't remember. Brian Bender from Politico uh, was at the Aspen Mm -hmm. Security Forum, and it's funny because some people will say, oh, you know, Bender's taking the lead from To The Stars on writing his stories as if he's in the pocket of To The Stars or something like that. I talk to Bender on a regular basis. He lives out here. Not true at all. Of course, I had him on my show. Uh, you know, he does important stuff like going to the security forums and he's hanging out with, uh, you know, Assistant Secretary of Defense for this and, and Secretary of that. And, you know, all of the these lawmakers, all of these very, very highfalutin people. So, uh, you know, he's way he's conversing with people. He has no concern about the UFO crowd. But, of course, he thinks some of this is an interesting story because it is. And so that's why he covers this stuff. But interesting enough, he was sitting in one of the forums and someone was brave enough to ask one of the admirals about uh, UFOs. And you could tell the guy was kind of nervous because his question didn't even fully get out. He was just kind of like, um, uh, yeah, uh, the Navy and UFOs and, uh, and so, you know, and then people kind of laughed, which was disappointing. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I wrote an article about this. In fact, Tyler Rogaway, who's a defense writer, he's like, well, it was in that crowd is probably a lot of defense journalists and they laughed. It's disgusting. He called it disgusting that they laughed Uh, because these are his colleagues, Tyler Rogaway. He wrote for The Drive. And uh, anyway, I I posted this story in the Roswell Daily Record, but also on my blog, AlejandroTRojas.com. But yeah, it's so nice to be a columnist at the... Roswell Daily Record. Some great people over there. But yeah, I wrote about this. And then, and so the, the guy's reply was more interesting than what it seems. He said uh, that essentially, here's how Bender put it that uh, Admiral Phil Davidson responds that there is now a reporting process for these unexplained sightings and says the encounters were during a finite period. So that's mm. an interesting quote. The fact that the Navy. Yeah, finite. The fact that the Navy uh, has new reporting processes is something that Brian Bender himself broke uh, as a news story. He was the one with that scoop. But uh, so it's interesting this Admiral knows about that, although, you know, he's in the Navy, so that's not as surprising. But the finite period thing is something that is interesting. I asked Bender, what did he think uh, that meant? And uh, because my point was, you know, the sightings, the two big ones that we know about, that they we know they are briefed on, it's because of the you know the television show Unidentified is why we know they were briefed, and uh, of course this is due to the work of To the Stars and Lou Elizondo. Uh, but those cases occurred in 2004 and then 2014 and 2015. Mm-hmm. That's not really finite. That's a large period of time. But what Bender's saying is that he thinks what they're saying is that these uh, periods of times where they were sighting were were like 2004 or 2014-15. They were during a finite period of time here and there. Uh, I further wrote then about what Tr- Tyler Rogaway has been writing about because Tyler Rogaway has been making a point that he agrees that it is a finite period of time and in certain places all around the United States. And furthermore, that in both of these cases, they uh, there was a new radar technology that was being deployed. 
Uh, so he's putting together these facts to say, you know, okay, brand new radar technology. These all happened near the United States off the coast and, uh, you know, during a finite period of time. He's saying those ingredients point to human technology. Somebody, you know, mm-hmm. uh, messing with, with them um, and it's some sort of top secret technology uh, that's very exotic. Hmm. However... Uh, he's saying that's just one possibility because there's also the issue that these technologies, of course, are far superior than other technologies we're aware of. In fact, one of his quotes is uh, that um, he makes the point that that we have to, with the reporting of these encounters, now realize that technology exists that is capable of performing flying maneuvers that shatter our perceptions of propulsion, flight controls, material science, and even physics. That's his quote. So it doesn't mm. answer all the questions, especially the harder questions, but to him, uh, it, it answers more. And what I find interesting is if the Ad- Admiral is saying this, Something similar to what Rogaway has pointed out. Maybe their investigation is also similar to Rogaway's in that they are looking for and they see evidence that um, perhaps this is human technology. Uh, so I don't know. We have zero insight into the Navy's any Navy investigation into UFOs. I mean, uh, certainly uh, we now know because this is the other story actually I wrote is uh, on my blog. Uh, I'll get into this real quick. I don't know if you've seen this. Some new emails were released this week regarding yeah. uh, how those Navy UFO videos were released. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's some spin in everything. But I looked at those emails and I wrote up a summary to kind of clarify things for people. And it really, again, shows what Elizondo was saying. But even more, it adds a little bit more. So it shows uh, Elizondo having a conversation between, uh, you know, the the Dopser people, the people in charge of releasing stuff. Elizondo submitted it, uh, the DD-1910, to get the videos released. And in this conversation, they say something like, well, if you, uh, from what I understand, you can just get rid of the metadata and then they're unclassified, and you can go ahead and publicly release them all you want. And it was Lou who went back and said, well, I'm not looking for, if this makes it easier for you, then a public general public release is fine. I'm cool with that. But um, I was looking for more of a controlled release. So Elizondo's saying, I didn't want to release it to the general public. I was just going to release it, release it to some, you know, industry partners and some others. And... Uh, but what they did was stamp this thing cleared open um, for publication. And as I point out in my article, if you go look at the instruction booklet for the Dobser, uh for the DT-1910, it says if it's cleared open for publication, that means despite what anybody else's input, and it says this, the verbiage practically says this, I'm paraphrasing, but it says then it's clear for general public release. So those videos were cleared, like I thought, for general public release. Now, I got kind of criticized for suggesting that, but now this proves that. So it proves that they were the ones on the DOD side that were cool with the general public release. So um, even though some people with the Public Affairs Department made it sound like, oh, you know, they released it more than they should have, 
Well, Lou's the one who came up with a restriction. So really, and they told him you can release it to whoever you want. So he really was able to release them to whoever he wanted. Um, and what those e- that's what those emails really show. So they're kind of interesting. But it does show the Navy was involved with at least releasing them. Interesting. I know we're out of time, but I just wanted to tell you that rock band is a rock trio called Willie or Wiley Savage. Wiley Savage. I haven't heard of them. Have you? Uh, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Wiley. So rock into Wiley at Area 51. That's right. So, all Love right. It. Well, thank you very much for sharing all that news. Yes, you're very welcome. And I can't wait to hear Lee's interview with you. Yes, it's always great to have you on. It's always great to have Lee on, and so we will get to that right after the break. But thank you, Martin, for joining us. Of course, you could check out Martin at Podcast UFO. Otherwise, let's go ahead, and after this break, we will be back with Lee Spiegel. You're listening to Open Mind UFO Radio. I am happy to welcome back to the show uh, a dude who I feel hasn't been on the show in a while, although he might complain about that. Uh, he's been <laughs> happily, probably by far, the guest I've had the most on the show, and that is the esteemed Lee Spiegel. Hello, Mr. Spiegel. Oh, thank you, Alejandro. I don't know. Do I prefer the word esteemed or dude? I have to think about that. <laughs> How about esteemed dude? Esteemed dude. Is that true that I've been on more than anyone else? Wow. Oh, I'm sure you have because we do the yearly special. Yeah, Plus, I yeah. have you periodically uh, just to talk about you know different cases and, and different UFO stuff. Yeah. So if I wouldn't count it by far, uh, well, besides I, I Martin, but he's on every one, of course. Well, I do appreciate that. Is there is there like a prize? Yeah. <laughs> for the, for that distinction? Yes, that you get the title of esteemed dude. Esteemed <laughs> UFO dude. That's going to look so good on a t-shirt, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that will. <laughs> That'll be fun. So, okay. you have been Okay, last time we talked to you, you actually uh made some statements that were pretty controversial. Uh, at least even maybe even got you in a little bit of trouble I don't know but uh, because you were on we were talking about what oh I think it was the year end it couldn't have been that long ago no yeah yeah, yeah, it was because I remember that show in January at one point you asked me Lee what do you think is going to be the biggest story of 2019 Uh, yeah so I just automatically started talking about UFO metamaterials and fragments Mm. and you know, who's doing what and what could it possibly mean? And we were talking about it. And people out there who were either listening to the show or listened to a rebroadcast of it, and uh, like UFO Joe, for example, mm-hmm. who 
Steve is, is a colleague of yours, uh, and he likes to listen to programs of interviews and then go back and listen to the transcripts, and he likes to transcribe them and put them on his, uh, his site, his blog, and make whatever his own comments are, and apparently he did that based on the conversation that I had with you and Martin about metamaterials, and, and it, it didn't get me into any trouble with the scientists who James Fox and I interviewed on camera exclusively about the work that they're doing. I didn't mention any names or where we did the interview, basically, which was in a very secret laboratory and the amazing things that we saw at this location. I was very careful not to mention those kinds of details. And at the end of UFO Joe's analysis of that, he said something like, well, Spiegel didn't mention any of the specifics, but if I was going to bet, he's probably talking about blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay, uh -huh. you know. so, and so when, when I then sent that blog to producer James Fox, he got really upset because he said, how could you, how could you let this information out? And I said, excuse me, James, if you go back and read this guy's article, I didn't let any information out. Be very specific before you jump on me. I was very careful. And then he calmed right down and said, yeah, okay, we're, we're good. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he so. was just shocked. Yeah, he didn't realize. And I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, how much information is out there if you dig. And, of course, people like Joe are really good at doing that digging. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that's what's so great about him. Yeah. But uh, And just so people are aware, I mean, that piece of information was just that, that you and, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, okay. uh, part in this documentary, you will be covering um, some cases where they're going to be looking at anomalous materials, which I, I kind of like that phrase. This metamaterials has become popular, but it's so... Technical of a term, uh, I, I think we have to be careful not to misuse it. So, and really, what we're looking at is anomalous materials. But anyway, anomalous anomalous materials being an analyzed by credible labs that yes. are not related to to the stars that are right. going to be part of your film. That that's right. And and I may have said this on the original interview we did, but what James and I were allowed to film uh, was an actual the actual technology that is going to help to to confirm certain things about some of these fragments that come from around the world that scientists have been able to get their hands on uh, and and based on the stories and and the origins of these materials we, we don't yet know how much of this stuff comes from either real stories uh, or comes from things that are easily explained for yeah. example the, what they're what they're looking to analyze in in the, with the technology that they've developed is how to determine if any of these fragments were a either naturally formed here on earth or were they manufactured by someone off the earth and if they were manufactured what was the purpose of the manufacturing? And these scientists are being very careful not to even use the words extraterrestrial, ETs, UFO, like that. They're just saying, we're just doing what we're doing as scientists. We have this material. We're using this 
con this contraption, this technology to really analyze this material. And once we get our information, we're going to give it to science. We're not going to hoard it for ourselves. We're going to release it so that other scientists everywhere who don't have the same technology that we're using, so that all these people can then take it and make their own conclusions, do their own experiments. We're, all we're doing is the initial work and then saying, here, now you folks take it. We don't want it anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, they want to keep it nice and simple without making any crazy assumptions or, or speculations. It's like, here's what we've discovered. Now it's your turn. Really? And that's what's exciting because that's exactly the way it should be done. That's yeah. the right way to do it. I think that, uh, you know, I know who you're working with. And uh, because I've been, I've got to help with the production a little bit of this. And um, so I am privy to this knowledge. But the point is that they are people who are doing it right. Um, and they have been very tight-lipped and careful about what they've said publicly. And, and I think... You, and you, you personally, you know who these scientists are so you can confirm oh, yeah. that when i say they're legitimate they are legitimate yeah these are legit dudes yeah uh, <laughs> exactly but uh, uh to the stars we've seen you know there have been comments made occasionally and uh and i i understand how it's hard because you get people get so excited but I think it's wiser just not to say anything because sometimes when you throw stuff out there, people get excited and make assumptions. So, right. and that's probably why James didn't want information out either. But um, yeah, because that can happen. But uh, yeah, it's so exciting that we're at this point right now to have these uh, two different projects looking into this sort of thing. And I don't even know if it's just these two. I'm, I'm assuming True. that there are other, there are other places around the world that are doing this kind of work because it's work. It, you know, it's not just scientists here in the United States. There are scientists in many countries that would love to get their fingers onto this stuff. Now that yeah. now that now that it's no longer taboo to even talk about this stuff. Uh -huh. And uh, you know, this our audience and uh, some of uh, the audiences of our. Uh, some of our few select friends uh, mm -hmm. are very lucky because they have us to ferret this information out to share with them. I, I hope that that's true because it's really important uh, you know, to make sure that the audience or the people, the public in general, get their information from good places. Every time I do a presentation somewhere, one of the first things that I say to people is, is please, don't get all of your ufo information just from watching ancient aliens <laughs> please yeah. you know there are many places where you can go to and i hopefully i'll steer you in into different directions of where you can continue beyond what i'm saying to you all here you can go do your own research do some legwork so that tomorrow around the water cooler you'll be able to to say something that'll make great interesting water cooler conversation right right um, exactly. And I guess when it comes to the film, now we know the name of the film now, it's yes. called The Phenomenon. And yes. uh, we didn't know that uh, before, uh, early on, years ago, in its first incarnation, it was going to be right. called The 701, representing the 700, alleged, you know, there's different numbers actually, but the 701, because this was said at one point, uh, unexplained cases from Project right. Blue Book. But... Out of this film, uh, such as this uh, 
material about what percentage that most documentaries are kind of a rehash of stuff that's already been out there but most of what you all are working on and i think it's fair to say is new yes a lot of the stuff is new um and in fact you and your audience at next month's International UFO Congress in Phoenix, you're going to get a, a nice little preview because James Fox is one of your speakers. And and he specifically, he agreed to do that because he wants to talk about the documentary. He hasn't really done that very much at all, but now we're getting so close to finishing it and, and having it be released to the public by the end of this year. He, he's now ready. And I think the UFO Congress will be the first place he's going to where he may even show some visuals about it on stage. And he want, he will talk about some of the amazing people that we've interviewed for the project, including Nevada uh, Senator Harry Reid, former White House Chief of Staff John Podesta, uh, Dr. Jacques Vallée, who was my first two-hour guest on Edge of Reality Radio um, just a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we, we also will have several government and military officials in the film talking about the phenomenon like never before. It, it's going to open up people's minds to the fact that, wow, we're, we're looking at something that's really serious. I think in recent weeks and months, because of shows like um, Unidentified on the History Channel, uh, that that just had its first six episode arc. I saw all six episodes. I know you did. I, except for a couple of things that I wasn't crazy about, I liked what they did. I, I liked a lot of the information that yeah. started to come out. They were being very f serious. They had people that were forthcoming in and out of uh, politics and the military, and that's what people like you and me and other writers have been clamoring for to be able to give to the public. You know, here's here's another jet fighter pilot. Here's another scientist. Here's another politician. The the story that you jumped on of uh, Congressman uh, Mark Walker uh, from from North Carolina. That's a story I'm interested in too. Uh, and and you know, here's a guy who just sent a letter to the uh, the United States Navy secretary basically saying to him, you know, all these uh, pilots, these Navy pilots we've been hearing about over the last few months who've had UFO encounters, what's up with that? And and is the investigation ongoing? What can we expect? Will anything more be released? And this is the congressman who's basically saying, I want this I want this information. Now, as I understand right. it, Alejandro, didn't, didn't he, I think he wrote the letter at the end of July, and uh, or just yeah, like around July nineteenth or thereabouts. Yes, right. Because then he went on to talk to Tucker Carlson on Fox on the 29th. So this letter has been out there since almost exactly a month ago. And right. and 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 I don't know unless you've heard anything different, and I haven't. I've been looking. Has there been any response to that letter to the, the Secretary of the Navy? Right, there has not. And. Uh, and that is very interesting. I think that's a great point that you brought up, that there's not. And uh, I love this letter because it's so well written. I mean, yes. whoever did that obviously did their homework because uh, 
that letter hit on, I think, if I were, if they would have called me up and said, hey, we're writing this letter, what would you advise we put in this letter? Oh, I yeah. don't think it would be much different in the way that yeah. they put it together. A couple things exactly. that they didn't yeah. get exactly clear, but um, because they're, he, they even called out, hey, if this advanced aer aerospace threat identification program existed in the past, and you're saying you closed that program, that means that ever since you closed that program, you haven't been investigating these UFO cases that you say are so important. Why not? You should be doing that. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of calling them out. Of course, Lou says the program does exist. Uh, so that's essentially causing them to uh, say whether or not the program still exists and they would have to admit it. Now, I... Again, luckily, I get to see some stuff others don't. I, I've seen paperwork. I know this group exists still. Um, or at least I know things continued. And so uh, that information will come out eventually. I'm sure it will. Just like, uh, you know, more and more information comes out as time goes along about the background of the program. So uh, that's great that he called them out on that to see what they say. Now, unfortunately, it, it's addressed to the Secretary of the Navy who didn't have anything to do with ATIP. Uh, but right, right. We'll see if there's a response. You would think they would have to have some kind of response. Well, you know, and it's all part and parcel. This comes on the heels of all that news about how the, the Navy opened their mouths and said, uh, we're about to change the policy reporting guidelines of all Navy personnel who encounter UFOs. We're changing our policies now. They didn't have to make that information public. They could have just not done that, you know, but they opened up a little can of worms just by letting us know, oh, now the Navy's changing their policies. Gee, I wonder why. It, it, you know, they could have just kept quiet and gone on to other regular Navy business. Well, <laughs> I would like to ask you about this because you've been doing this for so long. Um, and, you know, the Navy is kind of funny. They make this statement, okay, we take UFOs seriously. We've got new reporting guidelines. You know, we don't mess around when it comes to UFOs. Yeah. Which is great for them to say, but they've never, they've been one organization that has not shared practically anything about UFOs in the past, and now they're kind of pretending like, oh, no, we're in the foreground, uh, we're in the forefront of, of releasing information. It's kind of funny. Well, you know, what, what I like about this is, is that ever since uh, December of 2017, when our friend Leslie Kane and two other folks from the New York Times wrote this now famous New York Times story about the Pentagon top secret UFO study, uh, ever since that, that kind of opened up and, and made it all a little bit of a game changer about UFOs. Nowhere in all of this, it's been Navy jet fighter pilots, Navy this, Navy that, USS this carrier, USS Nimitz carrier, but nowhere has the Air Force come out with any statements like that. It's like ever since, ever since 1969, when the Air Force closed Project Blue Book, and said, there's nothing here to see anymore. There's nothing here of any scientific evidence. We're not being visited by anyone. There's no, no evidence of extraordinary technology. Please, everybody, go home. You've been there, done that. And, and ever since then, we haven't heard a peep from the Air Force, except for over the years when it kept coming up in the news and the Air Force had to keep coming up with new explanations of what happened at Roswell. And, and, and you know, again, and it was during all that time 
<laughs> that the Navy wasn't saying anything. It was, here's the Air Force just right. denying, de they were denying and denying it. And now, all of a sudden, as you say, here's the Navy coming out with this information, but where's the Air Force? Because the Air Force realizes, they must, they must realize that everything that they wrote in their conclusions in 1969 about them not being interested about anything to do with UFOs, well, that was obviously a lie. And what can they say now about it when we now know it was a lie because there has been investigation about UFOs since then? Do you know what I mean? Yes, I think you're exactly correct. And that's what's interesting is that no doubt their strategy has been to keep quiet and hope that this all blows over. But <laughs> yeah. I don't think that it is. I think that's the beauty. And this is why, you know, people should be enthusiastic about to the stars doing the work they do and keep putting pressure on these organizations so they can't just let it go. Because if they continue to influence lawmakers like Walker to ask questions, then, uh, you know, they can't remain silent and they're going to have to be forced into to making some comments. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, from what I understand, you know, to the stars is not going to let up on any pressure. I think that the phenomena documentary that you all put together will help. And, uh, you know, at some point, all these guys are going to have to start making comments. They're getting asked these questions in these important forums like the Aspen Security Forum in Colorado. Uh, you know, Brian Bender wrote about how uh, or tweeted and I wrote a story about it recently how, you know, one of the admirals was asked about UFOs there. And even though the most of the people in the room laughed, uh, the admiral did not. And he answered the question. So, yeah, this is this is not something that's going to go away for these guys if we don't let it. But that gets me to a different topic then, um, okay. unless you had any comments on that. Well, the only thing I was going to add to that is it, it's funny how when that news broke in 2017, uh, the Pentagon top secret investigation and, you know, between 2004 and two, or whatever it was that ended, supposedly ended in, in 2012. Uh, and, and Lou Elizondo, uh, a friend of yours now, has said that it, it probably didn't end and is continuing. You know, those dates, the, those years kind of stuck in my brain. And, and I did a little digging and found that something that my that the audience doesn't know about my guest this week uh, is going to be Dr. John Alexander uh, another mutual friend of yours and mine now Dr. Alexander he's a former military insider he had a top secret clearance and in 1985 I think that's really interesting in 85 he created a group called the Advanced theoretical physics conference and it included top level government officials and scientists who were brought together to study ufos and i was reading through some more stuff about them and it said among their conclusions number one some ufos are real and of unknown origin number two there have been incidents involving interactions between ufos and military and number three, there have been interactions between UFOs and airplanes that raise safety issues. I mean, this is heady stuff. And that goes back to 85 that Alexander was involved with that. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, I think the point that I'm trying to make is there have been military 
and scientific people, individuals and groups who have been studying this in one form or another for years. This is nothing new. Right. And, you know, my point has been, uh, you know, all along that although the Air Force used to give and the government gave this impression up until recently that they had they didn't want anything to do with UFOs. They figured it all out in 1969. There's nothing to it. They're not wasting their time with it. That's the message they've been giving us all uh, right. from 69 up until right. December 2017. That that has never been accurate. That the entire time, you can see this throughout the Blue Book Project or, or all of their projects and up until the modern days, uh, John Alexander being an, and his group that you just mentioned being an example, there have been insiders that have not come to conclusions regarding UFOs and have been interested in UFOs. A large percentage of them, not only when it came to Blue Book, people like even Rupelt, who disagreed with you know the way leadership essentially handled the investigation. Uh, and and they've wanted investigations all along. Uh, so there have been UFO advocates on the inside. And finally, you know, one of those has come out, Lou Elizondo, to say, hey, we did work investigating UFOs and we found credible stuff here yeah, and people yeah. need to know about it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. I think, you know, uh, you know, especially in this context, and it is a little bit... Uh, your perspective from uh, a, as a journalist as well, there are a group of people who are very critical of, of To The Stars, and I certainly do not discourage anyone from being critical and, and putting a, you know, a skeptical eye towards any of this to make sure that everything's on the up and up. But uh, having said that, you know, uh, some of these people see people like myself or George Knapp or even Brian Bender, who works for Politico, uh, you know, would mm-hmm. not care about any of this stuff as being led by To The Stars. And I think that if you wrote more about To The Stars, they'd probably put you in that group. Um, I mean, do you see this as these people, other than myself, or if you want to include me <laughs> as well, whatever, but... Uh, as being led by To The Stars or just writing the news and telling the news? I think <clears throat> I know you oh, well Oh, sorry. Enough. We're going to have to hold that question until the next segment because we've got to take a break right now. I just noticed No, time. I'm going to keep talking. So this exciting <laughs> answer to this question will come right after this break. We're with Lee Spiegel. You're listening to Open Mind GFO Radio, and we'll be right back. are back with Lee Spiegel and we left you guys with a bit of a cliffhanger I was asking Lee uh, his thoughts you know uh, the coverage by those uh, in the mainstream media who are covering to the stars like George Knapp and Brian Bender and Leslie Kane do they appear biased to you as a journalist or just people who are covering the story I think because of my relationship with you and, and my friendship and also with George Knapp now 
and and I appreciate what you guys have done and or what Leslie Kane is doing. I believe that for the most part you're you're not you're not really giving us a line of crap of the things that you talk about or that write about. You're out there digging for information that you can just present in an unbiased way. That that's kind of what I'm trying to do too. I, you know, in in my <clears throat> in my premiere episode of Edge of Reality Radio a few weeks ago, I told the listeners right at the top that no matter what we explore on the show, and I gave them a list whether it's UFOs, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, strange creatures, uh, ghosts, and the possible survival of physical death or out-of-body experiences, time travel, current research into human consciousness. Whatever I bring to the table in this show, there won't be any room for ridicule of any kind. Uh, and I, I say to people, open-minded skepticism is always the first course of business. And that I would open the lines, the phone lines, so the audience can communicate with the guests and me. I want people to ask questions, offer their opinions, and tell us their stories. Now I know, Alejandro. I think is it at the top of your of your open minds uh, site on Facebook where you you lay out the rules there of you know we're we're not going to accept certain kinds of behavior on this website right. for anybody in our you know open mind I mean? GFO news group. We we have that. Yeah, and and it's just the fact that you do that, that you're laying out these rules and regulations of if you want to participate in what we're trying to accomplish here, then you're all welcome. But the moment you start like going off the deep edge and start ridiculing people or making fun or doing any kind of slander, that's not what we're about. Yeah. You know, and, right. and so you you don't you don't slander people. George Knapp doesn't slander people. I don't believe Leslie Kane has. Uh, my my good friend James Fox, and and you and I know other writers in the field who I could say that about. You, you know, and there are others out there who have these <laughs> these ongoing uh, YouTube and online websites. Uh, and they're they're always adding things every single day, pictures, videos, speculation. Oh, what's that thing in the distance near the Martian rover Curiosity? Must be a Martian tower. Or mm. you know, we we see these every day, and and those are the people. And I'm not naming any names because I don't have to. It it wouldn't be appropriate. I'm just saying. There's a lot of stuff out there that's being put out there by people who don't care about the truth. They only care uh, how many hits they get and what can they possibly sell in their store. Yeah, exactly. And I guess before I, I want to talk a lot about your show. We'll spend the rest of the time on, talking on your show. Okay. But one more okay. question, uh, especially yeah. talking about what we're talking about, we have been talking about. I don't think it's wrong for people that are into UFOs and the topic to root for to the stars or myself cuz I admit that I do I'm I as a journalist I take my responsibility very seriously to keep an eye for the truth and to expose uh, and share information no matter how uncomfortable it is if it's a fact uh, and no matter who it is uh, that's our job as reporters um, but 
there's no it's just like nasa you know i root for nasa because they're doing cool stuff in space would i write about improprietaries or if i came across some kind of problem heck yeah i would uh, because when we're criticizing them, we're making them a better organization, especially if we're calling out something they're doing that's bad. And the same goes for To The Stars. We would do that for if it was them as well. So I don't know. I, I don't. What I'm saying is I don't think it's wrong for us to want to root for To The Stars, just like we would root for NASA, even if we would write, expose any issues with them. It's not okay. It's not. A, do you feel that it's a problem for us to root as journalists for, for To The Stars? Well, I don't know if that I would use the word root. I, I would I always like to kind of hold back information about anything or anybody or any group that comes at us kind of out of nowhere with new information like this. I, I would much rather kind of sit back and watch it evolve a little bit in the media to see what's going on with them. Uh, and and it, it took for me it took several months before I started to believe that what what Tom DeLong was doing uh, was was kind of righteous, and, and and you know I'm I'm a little biased in my own right because back in 1978 when I was trying to get people behind my effort to bring UFOs to the United Nations, I I faced a lot of that kind of thing that I'm sure Tom faced in getting close to the various military and government people that he needed in order to to move this thing forward. I, I was, in that sense, I was rooting for him because I, I've been hoping for years someone else would come along <laughs> and do this, you know, mm-hmm. Be, because I mean, I remember how much energy it took out of me all those years ago to, to do this whole thing at the UN. And I can only imagine how it must be even more energy depleting for Tom DeLong to have gotten as far as he has. So at this point, I tip my hat to him, and I think what he's doing is a great job, just, even just to get as far as he's gotten to bring people who I'd like to have on my show, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know? Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I think it, it's it's good to stay cautious initially. Right. When we suddenly hear about a new person or a new organization has come out that's really going to get it to the public, I want to make sure that I'm I feel comfortable about it before I do any personal reporting on it myself. Mm-hmm. And I think you probably feel the same way about it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I just kind of wanted to get your sense because I don't feel, and I don't think any of us feel like we are uh, just blindly accepting everything that you know is coming out of Two Stars. Right. We're looking right. at it, being critical and sharing. But uh, the interesting story here is that these guys are making this sort of progress, and this is progress, like you say, we've been looking for, and you've been looking for. Uh, and I think, you know, people may say, what is he talking about? Like, he's the only one who's done this. But I think it's fair for you to say, because you guys took this really far when you took it all the way to the UN. You were on the UN floor presenting UFO information to the general uh, session there. And that's not happened since. And that's very important. You know, it it took it took literally it took 40 years to actually get the video of the footage of the UN presentation. And I didn't find it. It was James Fox's sister, Kelly. She was out there. What do you mean? 
looking she she was helping us with a documentary and sh she was tasked with the uh, the work of going out there and getting interesting archival footage of things related to ufos that had never been seen before that we could use in our documentary and she went on to this one site that was owned by uh, cbs and she came upon um a little thing in the in the table of contents and all that it said was ufo secret meeting or something like that and sh sh unbeknownst to me i didn't know she found this she she opened it up looked at it and and sent it to james in san francisco she said i don't know if this is something you guys are interested in but here's some video i found on this website uh it looks like something big was going on at the united nations uh do you want me to see if i can get it <laughs> and apparently james looked at it and he called me and all that he said to me was what have you been looking for for 40 years and i and i think i said, said something you like, were like that sock you found my sock <laughs> well i no i mean i i didn't want to say anything like i'm looking for a good wife just give me a good wife no uh but no i said well the only thing i've been really looking for is any lead to my united nations presentation and he said we got it and i said are you kidding me he said i'm sending you a sample of it right now and what he sent me uh, it blew my mind and and i only saw part of it at that point and we had to go through uh, a lot of twists and turns and somersaults to get the guys at cbs uh to relinquish the high definition film footage that they had of the presentation um because it was their attitude initially that was that well they have it so they own it and i thought ah, i don't know that just doesn't sound right to me and i dug out in my archives alanjo from 1978 a letter that was written by the country of grenada because grenada was the proposal and presentation sponsor of of the presentation in 78 uh grenada sent me a letter well that letter that was sent to me and it was also sent to all members of the media in 1978 basically said to anyone in concern of this um the country of grenada hereby gives authorization to film the upcoming ufo presentation in november of this year 1978 the rights are given to mr lee spiegel and that was enough said and i took the the letter i made a lot of copies of it i kept it all these years and then i sent it to james uh last year up in san francisco and i said hold on to this letter in case we need to prove this at all <clears throat> but in the meantime i got in touch with the united nations uh public affairs uh archive library and i got friendly with one of the folks there and i said do you have anything still in your records there at the library of a presentation that was done i gave them the exact date in november 1978 the room where the presentation occurred the time of day it started i mean i gave them all the details and they got back to me about a week later and they said well unfortunately uh we don't always keep everything that's filmed at the united nations over the years things have actually been deleted for various reasons so we can't find that one and and i said well i have found the presentation but but cbs media is claiming that they own it 
And would that be correct if it was something that was shot at the United Nations? They did a little more investigating and got back to me and said, actually, no, anything that's shot here at the UN on our property, we are the copyright owners of it. And, and we would like to help you, you know, retrieve this so that it's yours. I said, I love you. What do we have to do? And they sent me a whole bunch of forms to fill out that would basically be a form from the UN to me and to anyone else who's out there looking at it, saying that this UFO documentation uh, presentation is of under the copyright of the UN. And, and Mr. Lee Spiegel is the only other partner in connection with this that we are allowing who can use it, and we are charging him zero dollars for the footage. Because the CBS people, they were going to charge us upwards of a hundred dollars per second. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, and this is like an hour and a half presentation. So do the math. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> so, so we worked it all out. I sent the letter, and the UN sent the letter to the folks at CBS, and so the guys at CBS called us and said, okay, um, you've got it. What format do you want it in? And we hope you enjoy it. And we didn't have to pay anything for it. Yeah, uh, that is so exciting. And and see, this is when when uh, we're sitting on secrets. Uh, yeah. You know, my goal is always to get those secrets out. How do we make the situation so we can share this information? And I, and I get excited when we can share because – you know, this is a story I haven't shared that you guys got this video, uh, right. and I don't think you have either. I think you asked me not to, so this might be another scoop. That yeah, <laughs> well, that, I, you, know, you might be right. We we decided we were just going to wait, and we're going to show portions of it in the documentary because you know we can't show an hour and a half presentation um, because we only have a few minutes at the most to use so I've, I've been discussing with James and we're kind of tossing around the idea of making it maybe as like an hour and a half special add-on feature to the documentary for people which you see. definitely should or provide it some way but I, I just want to kind of emphasize how mm -hmm. important this is and how cool this is because this footage has been lost to history up yeah. until now. And now you all have footage of this 1978 uh, presentation you give gave on UFOs where Dr. J. Allen Hynek was there, Jacques Vallée. Uh, you can Lieutenant, mention some of the others. Lieutenant Colonel Larry Coyne, helicopter pilot, where you could have heard a pin drop at the UN when he told his complete story of almost colliding with a UFO in 1970. That's so great. Yeah. And you've got footage of that. And and does it look yeah. good and the sound good and everything? Oh, it's great. It's it's great. I, I think I even sent you maybe a couple of seconds mm -hmm. of some of that footage. Yeah. yeah. It, it's beautiful. The, the audio quality is great. And it's like nobody else has this. And we're so proud that we've got this. It's just amazing. And it literally took 40 years before I got it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you wait you wait it out long enough and you put enough f f feels, feelers out there and I guess you get back what you put into it or something like that. Yeah. But I'm very, very, very proud to have it. That's all I can say. So awesome. That's extremely exciting. So uh, let's get into the news too. Uh, sure. Or at least some of, or, I mean, your show is what I meant. I'm used to okay. say, let's get into the news. Sure. So your show, uh, your show, Edge of Reality Radio with Lee Spiegel, it's uh, on live 8 p.m. Eastern on KGRA Radio. And so I'm assuming you take calls. 
Yes, we've just started taking the calls. They're using a new system uh, out there in uh, Salt Lake City where the main studio is. And, um, and, and you know, it actually isn't a new show. It's really a resurrection of a talk show I hosted over 30 years ago, which was called, <laughs> coincidentally, The Edge of Reality. Mm-hmm. And I, I did that on NBC Radio. And, uh, and that even came about because when NBC heard that I was doing this UFO event at the UN, they asked me if I'd be interested in coming on the air every night to broadcast UFO reports. How could I say no? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that led me to being on the air with NBC for eight years and, and, and ending my NBC career with Edge of Reality. So I'm, I'm so happy to be bringing Edge of Reality back now in the new format. Mm-hmm. So that's really exciting that you have this show now. Has, and uh, you've done, what, three episodes now? So far, the, the first one, on August 1st, was uh, my guest was appropriately and happily Dr. Jacques Vallée. And, and as you know, uh, Jacques and I have been friends for over 40 years since he was one of my speakers at the 1978 UFO presentation. And, and when I asked, when I told him that I was going to be doing a new radio show and would he consider coming on the first show, he said, oh, yes, I, I, would, I would love to do that. Just, just give me the date and the time and I'll be there. Mm-hmm. And I, was, I was so happy that he did that. And it was great. And I was thrilled to, to bring him on the air like that because he doesn't do a lot of radio right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's kind of laying low. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, he has reason to because there are a lot of people who are after him about some of the work that he's doing now uh, in and out of the UFO um, c- community. And he's a venture capitalist uh, out of Silicon Valley. So he needs to be a little careful about what he talks about because he has his own reputation as well uh, to maintain. Right. So that's exciting. And you're not only covering UFOs on your show, it, it appears, right? Oh, that, that's right. You know, the, um, let's see, in the, the second show, let's see, what, what I did in the second show, well, uh, another g- good friend of ours, um, our mutual friend, Ben Hansen, was on the first hour of the show. Ben is, is the leader of a team that's been investigating a whole series of paranormal experiences on a travel channel series, and it's, it's called Ghosts of Morgan City, and Ben's crew came up with a pretty amazing apparition walking through a house and they caught it from two different angles. That's really unique. It's a unique piece of of evidence because they completely um, worked around the idea that it was either a a phony apparition, someone else got into the house, it was someone they didn't know, it was part of the crew making a joke that was all ruled out. And Ben himself was freaked out. Uh, and uh, and so we gave a link to, for people who wanted to actually see the apparition. It's it's quite something to look at. And and what I did was for the second hour of that show, I interviewed one of the scientific researchers who will soon reveal what they say is something called a soul phone, S O U L phone, as in an actual device that they're suggesting will begin to allow communications between living persons and the dearly departed. Now that's amazing. Come on. That's 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 amazing. What can I say? Oh, and he says uh, he's going to like this is something that he's going to be releasing. 
Yeah. Um, in fact, the, the lead researcher is a scientist with impeccable credentials is Dr. Gary Schwartz. He's with the University of Arizona. You may even know this man from your roots in Arizona. Uh, they've been doing laboratory experiments there and coming up with amazing pieces of, of evidence that can somehow prove that there was other energy involved in a controlled laboratory situation. But this soul phone thing is going to take it to another level. And they will release that information in the fall when uh, Dr. Schwartz's uh, new book is going to come out about it. And he's going to come on uh, Edge of Reality. But in the meantime, I had uh, his partner, Dr. Mark Pitstick, talking about this and a thing called the the soul phone foundation where they're beginning to let people know that it's entirely possible and how amazing this would be for all people on the planet if if it could be proven that there is life after death yeah i used to know a guy in colorado who was working on this same sort of thing uh he had a bunch of interesting stories i forgot what they called it uh the using technology to talk to the to the to the past they had a term for it but yeah i knew a guy who worked on that sort of thing and well, uh, are, are you are you talking about the thing called evp it's electronic nah. uh, voice phenomena oh okay okay no there was something else trans something i can't remember the name of it okay. but where they were building like soul phones kind of like you're talking about so oh. yeah i i've said for years that in my opinion there are two questions topics that all humans at, at some point in their lives, anywhere where they live, all humans wonder about the answers to one of two questions. One question is, are we alone in the universe? And all what all that means. And have we been visited? Are we being visited? There's a big question. And the other question is, what happens at the point of death? Do we survive death? I can't think of any other topics, Alejandro, that people wonder about more in the scheme of things you know mm -hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense now so how do you feel about this technology do you think that it's legit or um you're probably more like me well it, it's like my my attitude is like it was with tom DeLong and to the stars i i know who these researchers are i i interviewed Dr. Gary Schwartz about nine years ago for one of my Huffington Post stories mm -hmm. when he was doing this the early research. And, and he is a legitimate scientist. He has impeccable credentials. Uh, and, and so I'm holding off my feelings about this until the next interview. And, and it's not even the next interview. I would like to be somewhere where they may have a strong signal or a strong connection somewhere to get some voice communication i mean who wouldn't who wouldn't want to be yeah. there and, and hear something like this this is like this is like the, the the whole ball of wax like it's like it's like if a ufo literally landed on the white house lawn and and we all knew about it that's that's it that's the end of the game we are now welcome into the galactic federation <laughs> yeah it's very interesting i and i am like you i'm like you know hey these guys are legit so uh, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be someone along these lines. But yeah. still, it's such a incredible claim that, you know, sure. we'll have to see, I guess. Ab absolutely in mm -hmm. incredible. And, and then last week, I had on a man who I hadn't interviewed in almost 10 years. And, and, and one of the very first books I ever bought 
when I started looking into UFOs way back in 1973, a book I bought called The Bible and Flying Saucers. Mm. And I just ate that book up. I, th I thought the premise of the book was amazing. And not only because it was just another author, but the author, the Reverend Dr. Barry Downing, mm -hmm. uh, a retired Presbyterian minister uh, who, who earned his PhD at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland. Again, impeccable credentials we're talking here. And, and he's listed in who's who in theology. It, it, it's like when you get people like this who are brave enough to put some ideas down of what they think based on research they've done over many years, I'm one of those who wants to hear about their research. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to just, uh, you know, listen to anybody else who I've never heard of before. And, and Dr. Downing gave me such a good interview last Thursday. I, I was uh, amazed at all the things that he was saying. And he had very little support, not only from friends, but from members of the church who knew what he was doing and knew about the book he was going to put out. Uh, now, that was like 50 years ago. Uh, that, that's the kind of um, anniversary he just, he just uh, celebrated for that book. Uh, really, people did not want to support him or his ideas. And, and we only had one caller that night. And during one of the commercial breaks, I, I said to Reverend Downing, I said, you know, I'm a little surprised. We're not getting very many calls because I would have thought this topic would have opened up all kinds of people out there. And he said, well, don't be surprised. It's been my experience that a lot of people in and out of the church are very reluctant and very uncomfortable to talk about the possibility that a lot of events in the, the Old and the New Testaments had something to do with UFOs. People don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Wow. Pretty wild topic. Yeah. Um, and so, so far, I'm, uh, my, the shows have been great. As I said before, I've got Dr. Alexander coming on, and we're going to talk about things that, that this man is a world global adventurer he's been to every continent in almost every country and he has seen things and been privy to things in places like villages hidden villages in the amazon jungle who allowed he and his wife to go there and witness amazing almost magical spiritual rituals that other white people or people from outside of the villages were allowed to see and they were allowed to film these things i mean he's seen has nothing to do with UFOs, but wow, has his eyes seen many things out there. And we're going to talk about that, and not just UFOs. That's exciting. So, your show, now that we're pretty much out of time, of course, your okay. website is leespiegel.com, yes. uh, but your show can be heard on KGRA. People can go to kgraradio.com and exactly. uh, look at the, and find you in the show's listings there. Um, but Edge of Reality is the show, and uh, congratulations on getting that rolling. So that's probably oh, been pretty fun for you. It is. It's it's fun. I, I had forgotten how long it takes to prepare a two-hour show. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm into it. I'm, I'm pacing myself, and w once, once I'm right at the top of the hour, and I know that the microphone's on, and I can start talking, 
I get totally relaxed at that point because I feel like, wow, here we are again 30 years later, and how much fun is this? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show again. It's always good to get an update from you and what you're up to. And, uh, and of course, I wanted to share with everybody that you got this great new show now. Thank you. I appreciate it, Alejandro. Congratulations to you and the upcoming UFO Congress. I know you're th- you're hot and heavy, deep and thick of the middle of it all right now, getting ready for it. Exactly. So yeah. I've got to get back to working on that right now. In fact, uh, Karen came in and was like, oh, we got something else to do. So there's always something with that thing. <laughs> Congratulations to you and to Karen for pulling this off. I congratulate you both. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, we'll hopefully won't be too long till we have you back. I know. Sounds great. Thanks, Alejandro. Thank you so much to Lee Spiegel for joining us once again. He's always a lot of fun and wealth of information. You can check his website out at leespiegel.com, or you can also go to KGRA and look for Edge of Reality, or you could Google any of those things, and it'll take you right to him. But definitely check out his new show. It's really good stuff. And you're going to need a replacement because, brace yourselves, I'm not going to have a show for the next couple of weeks, uh, next few weeks, because it's that time of year. It's the International UFO Congress, and as many of you know, I'm usually too busy with the conference to do podcasts for the couple weeks before, Um, so you're just going to have to hold tight, or go ahead and go to ufocongress.com, get your tickets, and come join us at the Congress. It's that easy. If you're jonesing for hanging out with me or talking UFOs or hearing me talk UFOs, then just come to the Congress. It's that easy. So ufocongress.com. So be sure to go there, get your tickets or come. It's going to be a ton of fun. And a lot of what we talked about on the show was the the phenomenon documentary. Uh, I don't even know, just know if we talked about how that's the title of uh, James Fox's and Lee Spiegel's documentary, The Phenomenon. So uh, if you want to hear more about that, of course, we're going to have James Fox at the conference talking about it, giving some sneak peeks and giving us all the latest and greatest on that. So, otherwise, I'll probably have some articles and comments out on social media uh, still, so you can follow me on my Patreon or my social media, and we'll still have some conversation going on there. The conversation never ends, and I feel like, I'm pretty sure there's going to be new revelations coming every moment. In fact, I know right now you can go to my Twitter and see some late breaking news. Lots of cool stuff going on. Anyway, thank you very much to Lee Spiegel for joining us. Um, thank you to Martin Willis of Podcast UFO for joining us at the beginning of the show with the news. Remember, you can go to openminds.tv and see all that news right on the front page. And you know, actually, if you go to the drop down for the articles, you'll find uh, UFO news headlines. And there are uh, a bunch of headlines there that go back for a long time. It's a great research tool to see all the headlines going back for years. So go check that out at openminds.tv. Otherwise, that is it for this show. Thank you to Caleb Hanks for the opening and close music. Thank you to uh, Systematics for the bumper music. And remember, be sure to join us at the UFO Congress. So once again, ufocongress.com to see everything going on there. Uh, Until next time, adios muchachos.